So here we are for episode 26 of The Pursuit of Sound with Double Crown with my special guest via FaceTime today, Pliad. Go ahead and introduce yourself, plug your socials, all that good stuff. What's up, man? Uh, my name is Pliad. Uh, basically, uh, all my all my socials are going to be Pliad, P-L-E-Y-A-D, uh, either that or uh, Pliad with an underscore at the end. So basically... Uh, Across all socials, uh, I've been very fortunate enough to have a pretty pretty unique name, so <laughs> I haven't ran into any into uh, too many problems with that. So, which is really cool, Pleiad. Uh, me being an alien head, I just immediately think you know, <laughs> Pleiadians, duh. <laughs> exactly, man. That's actually uh, that's actually where where that idea came from. Uh, it was you know I, I sat down and, and kind of went back to the drawing board and just started thinking about things that would like resonate with me and things that like, you know, I've always kind of in a sense like been drawn to or something like that. And, you know, that, that's that, that race of aliens <laughs> is always, is always like a, like I always struggled like pronouncing it. And so there was one day I just like, I, I literally just said like, and I was like, what if people said it like that? And then like, I wrote it down and then, I was like, wait a minute, hold up, hold up, wait a minute. And then drew it out, and then, like, I was, you know, started just, like, practicing with it, you know, things like that. And, like, my bedroom was like, yo, what's up, my name's Puyad. And I was like, okay, like, that's it's got a little ring to it. Like, what? <laughs> I see where you're coming from on that. That's cool. Let's, um, let's, for people who, let's just pretend nobody knows anything about anything right here for the sake of your music. More onto the alien slayer, because, <laughs> I'm a huge alien head, um, but yeah, straight up. So, Pleiad, you're out of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina right now. Yes, um, I uh, currently reside in Myrtle Beach. Um, I've been here for about 10 years, and uh, before that, um, I was uh, from the mountains of North Carolina, like western North Carolina. Uh, if anybody knows where like Boone is, yeah. I'm roughly about like 15, 30 minutes away from there. It's, it's more like a township. Uh, but yeah. I, I generally just tell people Boone just because that's like the closest landmark, really, uh, within that area. And uh, but yeah, man, um, basically started started doing music like roughly about ten years ago when I moved uh, here to Myrtle Beach, and it, it started with just uh, just something that I was just kind of toying around with. I actually uh, taught myself how to play piano on my younger brother's. It was a plug and play. Um, it was like it had the the little AV cables, like the you know red, red, yellow, white. Where you <laughs> plug it into the computer, it takes AA batteries, and it like teaches you how to play. And so I just put the batteries in, didn't plug it in, and I was just watching YouTube tutorials on piano and stuff. And I was just like, all right, all right. And then uh, eventually, one of my friends uh, took me to like the the club, and I was like, wait a minute. I was like, what? What is this, dude? You know, it's like. Up until this point, I was a you know kind of a small town guy. It was like you know I had never really experienced a, a club atmosphere like that. And as, as soon as I walked in there, I saw I saw the guy DJ, and I was like, "That I want to be doing that. That <laughs> looks fun." You know, I was like, "Not not that not that being in the crowd isn't fun or anything like that, but it's uh, there, there's just something there's something really magical and cool about like you know uh in, in a sense like curating a vibe and like creating a vibe like for everyone to kind of like just vibe with and you know and obviously everybody has like their own different tastes and everything like that and so when people really do like uh you know like, like 
mess around with your sound and everything it's it's very humbling and it's flattering because it's you know it's it's not one of those let me start clarify no no hate on this or anything but like <laughs> when you do like open format dj and like for you know for venues and stuff like that you know it's they're kind of looking for a, a sound in a sense and True. you know when you get to actually do your own shows and uh really just dive into like what you want to do and everything like that it just brings a whole different whole different vibe to it so it does i i almost get a little bit more nervous when i'm doing a non-open format gig versus an open format gig because i'm just like damn you know i really got to bring something special to the table in a world where people are there's soup people can be really picky about their style of edm let's just be real and um 100%. a bunch of bass heads that don't like house a bunch of house heads that don't like bass a bunch of everything in between dude but that's why there's so many different djs and that's why we appreciate each one for who they are right exactly man exactly um you know it's it's definitely cool because you know you have people that you know sure you might have uh you know people that play the same track and stuff like that and it's all about one how the track's introduced like yep. the mixing of it like it you know is it a surprise drop like you know are you are you chopping it up with something like you know it's all it's always interesting to see people's takes on it and and stuff and i i think that's like the beauty of music and like the music production and and just honestly the whole music world man is you know it's the fact that the possibilities are seemingly endless i so. agree let's let's take it back a number of years really quick what was what was the music that your parents raised you on and or siblings if you have any siblings where did you first list, start listening to music like what were your parents listening to and then what did you start liking first in life so um what is it i was basically raised on like classic country and and like classic rock you know, um, nice, yeah. I, I enjoy, I enjoy really like, uh, all different aspects of music just because it's like, there are some genres that I might not necessarily like resonate with, but I do appreciate the, the artistic approach to it just because it's like, you know, just because I don't like that sound or that's not what I have in my head doesn't mean like you don't have like your own, you know, sound and like everything that you have going. And, um, but yeah, so country and classic rock um i'm a big like can't hold man i'm a big like kenny rogers and dolly Parton fan um <laughs> like that was that was like the, the the big thing uh growing up and ironically my first concert was a backstreet boys concert man oh i'm so jealous dude backstreet what boys, where was charlotte or something <laughs> uh that that was in what is it that was in charlotte i think i was five five or six wow and yeah and so that was my parents my mom had uh taken me to see the backstreet boys and it was sugar ray and aaron carter had opened for him i was wondering and, who opened dude get yeah, out so oh my god insane. that was an insane like night it's like it's it's so wild because it's like i i, I feel like that's one of like the my first like uh like truly like conscious memories you know <laughs> Yeah, like, a, like a something light that I just memory. like recall, and it's like, wow, it's like you know, I was at such a young age. It's it's kind of crazy, <laughs> dude. Um, um. Oh, first off, like rest in peace, Aaron Carter. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm about to say, what is it? That song. Uh, what was 
it was like Aaron, oh Aaron, like that. I literally like listened to that song on repeat, like growing <laughs> up. Because oh, side note, uh, I bet say for anybody that doesn't know, my my real name is Aaron. So, so oh okay, but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so that's why it's always like it was always like funny growing up, like like listening to that and everything. Um, but yeah, no, it's dude, with with those being my roots and everything. It's it's kind of uh, it, it's kind of wild to think. I guess like the the progress and like the journey that's been made over the years and everything because you know when you when you start with those basics you know you're kind of like all right and then i think it was it was right around the time like you know what is it the big edm boom basically like you know that 2010 to 2012 era of music was when like you know i, I started hearing all these like more uh like housey kind of tracks like you know like what is it like save the world swedish house mafia like you know don't you worry child a beachy like all that stuff i started hearing all these different tracks and everything and i was like yo it's like this is like you know i don't know what this is doing to me but this is making me feel something you know <laughs> and and so so i started looking into that like way more and i was like whoa dude like okay like th there's a whole different world of this and um you know not to mention you know the whole skrillex uh the bangerang ep album like dude i listened to that on repeat with for like that that was my that was my like going to school like i would literally like listen to that like on the way to school and so that was that was cool man it's it's definitely been interesting to see where we started versus like where we're at now you know so. yeah and i grew up on classic like classic rock as well classic country not so much but yeah it's even though it's not my wheelhouse i still have an appreciation for the artistic approach and value in it but i think my first actual concert was in north charleston at the plex back when that was a venue and oh wow and the yeah i was like 15 or so and i went to go see sticks do you remember styx okay yeah 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 because yeah, i love classic rock like i grew up like in wow. my in my room like playing to like black sabbath sticks rush um you know journey freaking, all those all those classics like and um and yeah it's just always interesting when you start to realize the segue of the different music genres of your life like if we could go back and look at our old ipod i'm sure i'd just be like still just mind blown even but between that phase of where you're listening to stuff that you grew up on and listening to stuff that you are now, there's this weird, almost awkward phase of all this different stuff in between. That it's, it's so it's so wild, dude. I, I would love like I wish there was a way you get like a like a Spotify rap for like your whole life. You know, it's right? like, <laughs> so you listen to this track at this age like this many times, and it's like wow, okay, all right. <laughs> It's fu it's funny. I actually uh, I was going through some stuff the other day, and I found like a like a really old like MP3 player, like like it like super super old. And I would like I would take it on the bus with me and stuff. And it's literally just like this little, just tiny tiny little thing. And to skip the song, you would literally like there was like a little knob that you would just like slide basically, and that was like to go to the next track. Had like this like the tiniest little LED screen on it and everything, and it's like wow, like you know to think to think where like all that technology has gone and like you know 
there there are so many there are so many i mp3s and ipods that i know that i've either lost or just like they're just buried somewhere that i'm, I'm like i i would kill to like have those just just in one session just sit down and just like from start to finish just like all right this is a journey <laughs> yeah i i actually was going through some of my old stuff i was um switching storage units and and I came across my old Walkman. Remember the portable CD players? Oh my gosh! Yeah, oh my gosh. yeah. Memory unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bonus round, and then the bonus round was really finding my old books of CDs, where you open up like this thing with all these sort of oh slots gosh. for you to stick the CD in, and then like the um, CD cover on the other side. And there's everything from like, you know, store bought CDs to all the burned CDs. Like, that Yo, was that was my. <laughs> I looked at yeah. the the CD player. I saw the bass boost mode. I was like, yeah, that one, that one I had on permanently. Absolutely, absolutely, man. You always got to turn the bass boost on. <laughs> <laughs> In those shitty with ass with headphones. My school, with my school candy headphones. Yeah. <laughs> it's like bass boost activated. Yeah, Yo, <laughs> maximum swag on absolutely man absolutely yeah it's um it's cool uh like i i one of my really good friends he actually still has a like an og like ipod like like one of the first generation like ipods that came out like it, it's heavy <laughs> you know uh what is it it's like the 64 gig like you know with the scroll and everything bro it is like the where the when the it, wheels actually turned Yes, yes. Yo, nobody yes. knows about like those. The, like, like, he has, like, the OG, and it's funny because, like, he, bro, he uses them for his wedding. Like, like <laughs> he'll, like, he'll use them for, like, dinner and stuff like that. During, like, the dinner hour and everything, he'll just plug his iPod in and just, you know, kind of let it ride for a little bit. And I'm just like, yo, like, he was like, yeah, man, I still have it, have it all this time. And, like, he's, like, never had a problem with it. So I'm like, See, hey. <laughs> they don't make them like they used to because then... All of a sudden, with like the minis and the the iPod minis, the iPod videos, the nanos, I remember all those would eventually just like the battery life would completely deteriorate. Like it wouldn't even play unless you had it <laughs> permanently on charge. Yeah, what is it? I I actually um I have an iPod literally like sitting right up here, and it's uh it's one of the the older generations. But I don't have like the I don't have like the actual like old iPod like iPod Apple plug for it. And what is it? I actually, I, I just ordered one like a couple of days ago, but like I'm curious to see like what's on that because I, I, like I was going through stuff, found it, I was like, oh my gosh, I was like, you know, trying to figure out like where, where all like basically where all these, you know, players kind of fit into like the timeline of like what I was listening to when I was listening to it, stuff like that. So it's interesting, man. And then so it's funny you mentioned Skrillex and that Bangarang album. I I feel like so. I don't know if you remember, um, what, okay, let's get a quick context point. A question that I often ask my guests when I don't know how old they are. How old are you again, Aaron? I'm, I'm 28, man. Okay, so you're 28. I'm 33. It's about five years difference. Okay, so, because uh, when I found out about Sonny Moore, he was in From First to Last. Do you remember that band? I do, actually, and it's funny because... I remember listening to first and like first to last, and like 
literally had no idea and even once he was skrillex i still did not piece together like who he was i thought he was like this guy that was just you know i thought he was like this guy that was just making these crazy you know computer electronic noises and everything and then it wasn't until later that someone's like yeah he's like you ever heard of like sonny moore and i'm like who like it was you know immediately i was like you know the the, the singer from first to last and he was like <laughs> no like skrillex dude and i'm like Wait, 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 I was like, wait a minute, Sonny Moore is Skrillex? And he was like, yeah. I was like, bro, what? <laughs> Mind bro, what? blown. It's, 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 like, that, to me, that's, that's one of those, you just see somebody that's, that's just adapted with the music scene over the years. And, like, as cliche as it sounds, you know, um, people being like, you know, it's like, who's your favorite? You know, obviously Skrillex is like, like, honestly at this point household household edm name straight you know, up it's like like you don't like like if you say skrillex like nine times out of ten most people think of like bangering they think of like that that boom from like 2012 and everything and even to see like what he's doing now and everything is it's just really cool because you know you, you see somebody it's funny i actually saw i saw a tweet that it, it was somebody said they were like you know skrillex is it's basically like the superhero of like electronic music is like he'll dip out for a little bit and he'll come back just when it's starting to like either seem like it's getting stagnant or just something and he'll just like come back into the industry and like with with either a new album um a new duo or just something to kind of shake up the music industry and like you know the sound and everything and that that's always been something that's 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 really kind of amazing so. Yeah, we he's going to be remembered forever and it's just crazy because I remember coming I started out with music in the band world and so it was a hard transition to make just with being like I felt like old instantly I'm just like oh like man all this EDM uh <laughs> just racket and I'm sitting here still listening to Circus Survive and um, Warp Tour bands or whatever, <laughs> and then Warp Tour. Warp Tour was incredible. Yeah. I, I only went. I only went one year. I only went one year. Uh, but, and that was uh, what is it, dude? I was. I saw Atreyu. Uh, oh shit, dude! Roman. Yeah, yeah. That was that was that was like my first like real like like I was kind of getting into like the you know like the alt scene and everything like that, and I was just like listening to all different music. And one of my friends was like, "Yo, he's like, he's like, yo, you gotta come to like Warp Tour with me, man." He was like, he was like, like you'll really, like you'll really, really enjoy it. He was like, there's just all these bands, like you know, you're just getting multiple sets. So I was like, yeah, why not? And basically ended up going, and I was like, yo, wait a minute, hold up, hold up, you know, like this is this is really cool. I guess that would technically be like my first festival experience. I think yeah, I'm like. 13 14 so. i think that might have been my first festival experience too and now warp tour has just turned into edm festivals basically pretty much dude pretty much and, and it's and it's funny because i mean i i feel like our generation definitely you know we we were at that intermediate point where it's like electronic music was definitely already like around and stuff and I feel like our generation just kind of like, I wouldn't say like revitalized it, but in a sense kind of like revitalized. Like, you know, it's definitely a huge part of like, you know, our culture now. And, you know, it's, it's you know, when I was younger, it was, 
you definitely didn't hear about many people going to music festivals whereas like now you know most people i know are like yo are you going to like you know you going to this festival you going to this festival and and so it's it's really awesome to see just because you know it's just really sweet to see people unite together over music and and like to me like at you know, I don't want to say I don't want to sound like cliche or anything, but it's just it's really cool to see like music bring people together like that. And you know, I've seen some, I've met some of like literally like the kindest people I've ever met like at music festivals. And you know, it'd be someone that I meet like that night, and you know, we just we just converse it up, and it just feels like you know, it's like holy cow, it's like dude, like are you my best friend? Are we best friends? Yeah, I think we just became best friends. <laughs> yeah, like, it's it's literally like, you know, what is it, this past year we went to, uh, my, my lady and I, we went to Sunset Music Festival in Tampa, and we met this this older couple down there, and uh, what is it, they were, dude, they were like in their 40s, and like, they were literally like, one's, one does like IT work, and, and uh, the, uh, the wife she does, she's like an accountant and stuff, and she just, like, dude, they're like the soup, you would have no idea that they were their age because they, you know, they were just so like full of life and like, just like happy and like, you know, truly like radiating like positive energy. And so that was, that was really cool to see just because it's like, all right, like, yeah, no, it's not just like a specific age range or anything like that. It's just like, you know, it's these festivals are uniting people like across all generations, race, like religion, like you, you name it, man. It's just, you're always going to get a, a, a bunch of different people at the festivals and it's cool. It's, it's really, it's really sweet. It's, it's funny because you just sort of sit there and you try to think back, trace the pathology of music festivals and it kind of goes back to Woodstock and my mom always would remind me that I was born on the 20th anniversary of Woodstock and <laughs> she, that's actually really sick yeah august 15 1989 so it initially started august 15 1969 and back then it wasn't a <laughs> it wasn't what we're used to experiencing at all like i remember if i can't if i'm remembering correctly it was pretty messed up um imagine an absurd amount of people going to see Woodstock and not and the people behind the production of it weren't ready for that capacity and all this mud involved and just it it was a shit show if I'm not mistaken the very first time um there's a there's a documentary somewhere on like Netflix or Hulu that is about it I haven't seen it yet but um I need to and then you just you just kind of fast forward and you see where it's at now and it's just it still kind of reminds me even though i've never been to woodstock but it, it feels like the spirit is still there like you know just all these like free souls hippie vibes oh, 100, yeah 100 percent, man and it, and it's you know when you when you think back on like woodstock and stuff you know they definitely did not have the the tech obviously the technology that we do now and so like excuse me when you think about uh, pretty much like what they were doing like you they were literally just bands just jamming like if you think about as far as like production and stuff like that goes like 
you know, there wasn't, I, I wouldn't really imagine there, there's too much production going on in the 60s, you know, especially compared to what, you know, what there is now. And yeah. it's, it, it's cool to see now, um, and, you know, just because I, I think, especially now, like, music is very much half the experience um, right. when it comes to seeing shows or, True. you know, and, and, and festivals and stuff like that. And, like, you know, you know obviously the, the music's great. And right. but when you bring, but when you bring, like, a, like a top-level production with it, it just, you know, all of a sudden, like, you're not just hearing it like you're truly like immersed in like all of your senses are kind of like you know being being uh tantalized touched yeah yeah (laughs) being touched and so so that that's that's always it's really cool to think about because it's you know you think about that and you know some people could make the argument where it's like oh like it's gotten away from music but i definitely think that with the way that it's progressed and where it's at now it's it's a really just overall awesome experience for anybody it doesn't matter if you know somebody's never been to a festival versus somebody who's you know this is like their 20th time going you know and so no matter if they're like new or old to it obviously they they're they're gonna get so yeah i love seeing old people at festivals and young people at festivals and same age people at festivals it just the festival scene is yes truly mind-blowing and if you haven't gone to one try going to a smaller one at first and seeing how you feel about that with people that you know and artists that you know and don't know just because it's always good to find somebody new and um and it's just a whole new world you'll just <laughs> it's like there should be i want to make a meme for like first time at a festival and you just like walk in looking like super I don't know, square, and then you, like, walk out with, like, a pashmina burning sage. Yup. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Where literally, the wub's at. Literally, um, it, it's funny, I, I took my, uh, my girlfriend to her first festival. Well, it wasn't, like, her first music festival, but as far as, like, EDM festival and stuff like that goes, uh, we went to a global dance music festival in, uh, Denver. Wow. And, yeah, like, literally, literally, like, that was, like, a whole new world for her, and literally... Uh, she, I remember she looked at me. It was like the third, like the third and like the last day. She looked at me and she was like, "I get it now." She was like, "I, I, I, I get it now. I, it all makes sense." <laughs> and so I was like, it, "It's cool because people definitely come to those realizations themselves." It's like you know, figuratively, like you can only lead a horse to the watering hole. You can't make them drink. You know, it's like I can take you to the festival. Doesn't mean you're gonna have a uh, necessarily a great time. Like it's up to you to have a great time. you know but also like you got to be open to the experience of it because if you know if you go in very like closed off and you know kind of like you know i'm like super super nervous about this you know you might not necessarily have as great of a time as you would if you were just kind of like a like hey let's just do it let's just you know go with the flow see see where this goes you know yeah i love the camping ones um i think the only non-camping one i went to was edc orlando um just a couple of years ago and that was the biggest one I went to by far all the other festivals I went to were probably around like a few thousand people and stuff like that but that was definitely a different experience like the production value at EDC alone that's what that's what I'd been waiting to see for a very long time and finally did see it and and wow you just you sit back and you gawk and you just 
I sort of sit there and think about the production value behind it, and I'm just like, dude, so much money, so much workers, effort. It's it's truly mind-boggling, and people are continuing to raise the bar, and it really just it really blows my mind because when I start thinking about, okay, we've come so far since Woodstock one, we're here. What will be that much farther in the future? What will it look like then? It, it's insane. But um, let me let me let's bring it into some present time stuff. If you were to be able to describe to somebody that doesn't know anything about your sound, imagine you're you're describing <laughs> your taste of of what you like to spin to a a Pleiadian. <laughs> How would you okay. describe um, it? So I, I the the Pleiad project uh, is is like a melodic bass uh, project. Uh, super, I really enjoy melodic sounds. There's just something about um, like really really big open chords mixed with that element of bass and you know that energy that perfect perfect meet, meeting point. Um, for those sounds and so like if anybody doesn't know like what melodic bass is or melodic dubstep um, I mean think of like Seven Lions, Alinium, uh, Said the Sky like Ooh, yes. uh, what is it they call it? The, the sad boys the sad boys you know kind of sound uh, but <laughs> that that's a, a big part of my project um, I also I also work with with house uh, just because when I what is it I started DJing back in it was like August August of 2012 and so I just like celebrated like my, my 10 year anniversary like uh, like a little bit ago and I so so my roots are our house like that's what I started with I started with like progressive house like that that big room house sound like you know Swedish house mafia. Um, Alesso, Tiesto, Hardwell, yeah. Tiesto, all the, like, that was what I kind of started with and stuck with that for, for a couple years. I really started getting more into like, uh, like tech house and stuff like that. And slowly moving forward from there, um, I had a homie that put me on to, he, he, he showed me seven lines and started listening to that a little bit and i was like whoa i was like wait wait like hold up wait a minute like, <laughs> this is really cool like you know it's like super atmosphere like but like the perfect build-ups and like the the perfect energy to match the the build but also like the the intro and like the the you know verses and stuff like that and there was just something about that sound that really captivated me and i was just like okay like you know up until that point i had only been producing like house tracks and you know and stuff like that and so i was like maybe maybe i try this out you know i was like maybe maybe i like you know see see what this melodic bass is all about and so i started toying with that sound and that was when i first kind of came up with uh that track called the the reason and um that was a big kind of turning point for me in regards to like where I wanted to go with the sound and everything because once I released that track I was like okay like you know people were really really vibing to it not that they weren't necessarily vibing to like all my house stuff but it was just such a such a new take for what I had been doing prior to that 
that people were like, wait a minute, like, okay, man, like, you got to explore this a little bit. And I wasn't really taking it too, too seriously. Um, it was still kind of, uh, still kind of a hobby for me at the time. And I was actually working for like an entertainment company doing like private events, uh, corporate events, weddings, stuff like that. Really? And yeah. And so, so that was, production was very much still on the side. Like my, the, the club DJ side, I guess you would say would, was still kind of like put on the side just because it's like, like I have an opportunity to work with a very, you know, very talented DJ, very uh, well-known DJ and like. Somebody who just genuinely, genuinely has a lot of knowledge in that field. And so started working with him. Uh, you know, he mentored me for a couple years. And that I think that was like right before COVID. And so up until that point, I had basically was just messing with ideas and tracks and things like that. And like the whole that whole like sound design world that is, you know, bass music and what was it i think it was 2019 i I went to edc in 29 edc orlando in 2019 and my friends uh took me to see btsm like tiger sex machine yeah that's right that's right i forgot about that was my that was my like oh that was my that was my oh shit moment because you know up until that point i hadn't really gotten like into like bass music like super heavy like the the deepest that i had really like you know kind of you know uh duck my foot in was you know just the melodic bass world because i was like all right like and then it wasn't until i saw black tiger sex machine that i was like wait a minute like hold up dude like (laughs) this is insane like this sound this energy like this all of this you know um was just mind-boggling to me and and kind of the same thing i looked at my homie and i was like dude i get it now like i get i get the bass music scene now like this this is cool and so that <laughs> then basically came back and I, I just bro i went i went to town like uh just started like cranking out like a whole bunch of uh demo projects and stuff like that and i started sharing them with, with some of my close homies that i worked with uh via like the uh, entertainment company and not only that, but also just like, you know, online homies via forums and stuff like that. And one of my one of my really good friends uh, basically kind of told me, he was like, hey, man, he was like, I love you, dude. He was like, and like, understand, like, when I tell you this, this isn't like, he was like, you need to stop doing weddings. He was like, for real. He was like, I love you. He was like, you need to stop doing weddings for a little bit. He was like, you just need to focus on like your sound. He's like, because like, you are on to something here. And he was like, I definitely think that you should really, like, tap in and utilize it. And so I was like, all right, like, yeah. And so shortly after I left, uh, left the entertainment company, you know, part of ways just because it was one of those of, like, I wanted to focus on me. I wanted to, like, really see, like, where this project, like, went. And so up until that point, I had been known as, like, DJ Aaron. Uh, <laughs> just because that's yeah that's that's what oh I, I went with that because that's <laughs> times out of 10 when people meet me they you know they say aa ron so i was like you know what like i'll just utilize something that people already like know me by and so i went with that for a while Shout and out then once i left the entertain 
And then once I left the entertainment company, that was, you know, one of my friends was like, yeah, dude, he's like, you got to rebrand because everybody knows A.A. Ron as the the open format wedding guy. He was like, you need to, like, make something new that is, like, going to be your project that has, like, you know, in a sense, like, your signature on it. And so that was when I went down to the, the brainstorming session and I was like, all right, like, start, you know, like I said, just start writing things down. And I was like, came across that. And I was like, wait a minute, like, hold up. Like, I was like, I think, think we got something here. And then I uh, sent the, I actually sent like basically like a rough sketch to, to someone um, that I met online that does like logos and stuff like that. And he sent me like a couple of demos back and immediately, like, I just, I just, fell in love with it like because it looked great uh the basically kind of gave him like an idea of like what i wanted for like a logo and stuff like that and and he just he nailed it he just everything that i wanted from that he he gave it to me and that was as soon as i got that back like i just felt like it was like the universe kind of being like yo like, like here you go man like this is this is what you wanted so let's let's see where you go with this that's amazing uh, yeah, I love that, dude. Everybody has to end up realizing the branding that they're working with and the way that it can be translated to the demographic that you're trying to target, literally. And I've, I've sat there so many times being like, I don't really like... I feel like I sort of outgrew my my artist name and I, I've come up with so many and everybody, I always like whisper in a friend's ear and i'm just like what do you think about this they're like i think i like the other better <laughs> and no matter what but um so i i still have some that like really stick out to me and um oh i'll i'll just i'll hold my cards close on that for now but um <laughs> but hey, I, hear, I hear that man i hear that <laughs> But so people can check out your music on like SoundCloud. Uh yeah. So so right now I'm uh, basically just just SoundCloud based. Um, I, I'm figuring everything out just because I am, I am like an independent artist, and uh, so I'm still trying to figure out the logistics and like in a sense like the business side of everything else via like you know the rights to to stream on Spotify and like all that all that good stuff. Um, I do have everything set up. It's just a matter of figuring it all out, um, which I'm still currently doing. And, uh, you know, just getting better with that each and every day. Because I've, I've actually gotten a lot of requests um, for the, the tracks that I do have out to be on Spotify for streaming and everything. So very soon. We'll get that. We'll get that fixed very soon, guys. No, I feel you, dude. It's It's not an overnight process just for everybody tuning in because this is... This is exactly what this podcast is about. It's about, like, the pursuit. Like, we're in the same boat, dude. And all of our friends are pretty much in the same boat, dude. Like, it is it is a pursuit of your sound. And, and you have the advantage of being able to allocate all your plays into one space and focus it like that. And SoundCloud is not going anywhere anytime soon and a lot of people use it like super heavy as their main source of music like that's where you go to find all that stuff that you just simply can't find anywhere else and you have to be in you do the internet crate digging thing really started 
with for me with SoundCloud going seeing the artists that I like see who they like you're able to see the tracks that they like who they follow next thing you know yeah. you're like a you're going as diff QWERTY super nerdy on the internet crate digging and and um and there you go it's i must say with that man it's you know it, it's funny you get like your little spotify wrapped at the end of the year and it shows like how many minutes you listen to and everything like that and you know i definitely uh definitely put in some time on spotify just because spotify is like my main like in a sense like source of like music or you know whether it be like road trip or stuff like that just because you know Me a lot too. of that stuff you can download but like soundcloud like you said man soundcloud is is hands down just a gold mine it, you know you will find some great absolutely great remixes edits things like that and like you said things that you you know you won't necessarily be able to find on spotify you know there are like I can't even tell you how many tracks that I, you know, I'll go and look for it on like Spotify. It's not on Spotify. And I'm like, all right, this is a SoundCloud exclusive. Like, all right, man, I'm here for it. I hear you, <laughs> you know? And so it's, it's really cool. Cause I mean, especially like, like, uh, SoundCloud, like, you know, I've, dude, I've been on SoundCloud since 20, yeah, like 2013, 2012, something like that. Right. And, you know, it's, it's wild to see like the progression of that but like their algorithms are definitely getting excuse me uh their algorithms are getting significantly better in regards to like the the stations and stuff like that and True. like their you know the curated mixes for you and stuff they're just yeah. getting incredible so I, I agree and um i want to boil it back to some of your productions so what what did you first use when you were producing as far as a digital audio workshop and what are you using now for your doll? Well, um, it's funny. So I first, when I first started getting into production, um, that was like the final months of like my senior year. Like I was, you know, kind of diving into that a little more. And that was when I came across, um, FL Studio. Mm -hmm. Came across FL Studio. One of my friends was like, "Hey man, like if you if you, you know, at that time like it was purely just a hobby. You know, it was like I really had, in a sense, no idea what I was doing. I just knew that I, you know, had like the like the little beat grid, and so I basically just started like making like little beats and and loops and stuff like that. And then once I moved, um, started." you know kind of doing a lot more uh youtube university research yes and, dude. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so that was when i watched the the documentary um one with swedish house mafia and i saw in that documentary i saw that they were using logic and i it was one of those i, I had in that moment i was like okay if these if if these guys are using this like this is what I need to be using, you know. Yeah. And so, so immediately, uh, like the next week, I think I went out and I bought uh, one of those Apple G5 desktop towers. Oh, and damn. you knew, yeah, like the old school, like big boy, like you know, this thing's like eighty pounds. <laughs> and yeah. Like what was it? I I bought, went and bought that, and then shortly after, I bought 
the old version of Logic. It was Logic 9 at the time. And so that that's what I started using. Got way super, super familiar with that. And that's still to this day what I currently run is I, I run Logic Pro. And, you know, I definitely... Um, I definitely advise like anybody watching this like test out all the different DAWs like find out the DAW that you prefer because everybody has like their own preference uh, you know a lot of the DAWs are very similar but not similar like it's it's all about like your workflow like how you like to work uh what you like to look at um you know I I, I definitely think that that's an aspect that plays into it also, um, as, as many people don't think that it does, but I, I think it does like, you know, when you're, when you have something, a project pulled up for, you know, multiple hours and you're looking at a certain screen, you know, you definitely want to see, be looking at something that's kind of softer on your eyes, at least in my opinion. Yeah. And, the GUI for show. Yeah. I about to say, uh, I'm, I'm really into learning Ableton and I say looking into is like like I have Ableton downloaded and I've been like watching videos uh, by no means do I feel comfortable saying oh yeah like you know that's my main dog because like you know I'm still I'm still picking and toying with that and trying to figure that out and everything and it's very similar to logic um, it's just uh, I know I know it's a workflow thing and especially now the content i feel like ableton hands down has like the most content on the market right now like you you'll find hours and hours and hours of content regarding ableton and say i mean you'll find you'll find tons of content with with any doll really but i feel like uh, right. ableton is really kind of dominating the producer market right now yeah it's i feel like logic's graphic user interface reminds me of Pro Tools a little bit more than say, yeah, like Ableton, which is, I don't know, I feel like it just looks like Ableton. I mean, they all have their similar looks and layouts, but I, 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 I went from back in the day dabbling in Reason on my, the drummer oh, of my wow. old band's computer, which is like, I, it's still, Nah, I'm not with the reason. It's just too confusing. Like, you're having to, like, I don't know, all the random wirings. It's like the back end is like the front end. Very hard to describe. <laughs> Didn't make much sense to me. <laughs> I, I got I got one for you, man. So so back when back when I was, like, first, like, getting into DJing and everything, um, I was... I wouldn't say... The best way to put it is I wasn't comfortable like multiple track edits and stuff like that live just because the deck I was using at the time when I first started like what is it I started on a technically I started on like this uh, like iPad DJ controller thing uh, one of my really good friends had and he like would always let me use it let me let me back up a little bit <laughs> technically I started on an iPad wow I had an iPad, um, I downloaded the, the DJ software on there, and it, you know, it had the function where you could link your Spotify playlist to it, and so oh, I started, shit. you know, practicing with that, and, like, literally, I would go to, like, my friends, like, house parties and stuff like that, and I would, you know, plug in the aux to literally, like, the iPad, and, you know, throwback to when they, you know, iPad still had the aux port, <laughs> and, and so, um, 
basically started doing that and one of my friends happened to have this controller that was it was like dj software like integrated and so basically what you would do is you would open the app you would plug like slide it had like a little opening slot in like the middle of the board and so you'd slide the ipad in there and <laughs> your ipad was pretty much like your you know like your computer screen yeah and gave you control and function over all you know the sounds and everything what? and but so when i was doing that uh that controller was like a two-channel controller so you know the idea of throwing like multiple tracks on like a mix or like an edit or something like that was still kind of like i'm like okay how do i do this if i only have like two decks so i was using audacity okay i was using audacity to make like mashups and stuff dude nice so no that's what that was you know audacity dude i it's i like granted it it is a little older but i have a really good friend who does like audio processing and audio engineering and like to this day like he still swears by it dude he literally is like it's it's literally pulled up when he's doing sessions and stuff and i I always kind of give him you know give him cracks i'm like hey man like come on like when you gonna update he's like man there's no need for me to update he's like this this is this is a gold mine (laughs) You know, if it works for you, you know, then keep on making. I'm, I, yeah, I'll, I'll make a beat in Microsoft Paint every now and then. Still, <laughs> <laughs> no, then, but for real, but for know, real, it's, it's, it's cool to, to see like all the different takes, especially because I feel like with all the, you know, all my homies who produce and everything like that, it's you, uh, you never really see the same workflow, right? And, you know, you. You have your people like like I'm a big like I'm a big I'll start with chords guy like like that's typically like nice I'll start with the chords and then I'll basically build everything around those chords and it's nine times out of ten that's kind of like my starting process you know it's like that one out of ten like it might be like I'll be like hold up like you know this beat's like really really you know really sick so see where that goes but. It's really cool to see everybody's workflows and like how everybody has like their own unique style and and you know sense of of how they just go about go about doing the thing, man. No, I agree, and that's it's it's awesome, man. Because you you just end up becoming your own artist no matter how many other things you take in like all the youtube university lessons and things from when you collaborate with somebody and you learn things from them like there's still something inextricable that you can't take away from the way that you do it still though after all of that um and um I just appreciate everybody that's put out tutorials like one of the big ones in the beginning for me was Mr. Bill um you know Mr. Bill right mm-hmm. yeah he's I mean a legend on in in the EDM community for all those that know about him and basically spearheading uh IDM music intelligent dance music and um and he's just got so many useful tips and tricks online and um the the learning never stops man the the amount of sound design techniques that you can do these days is just exponential everything that you've got from these vsts like 
serum, face plant, massive, etc. Zebra, you name it, dude. And um, and even what people can do with samples now, it's just insanity. Um, but what would you? What do you see? Oh, there's there's always a few questions I, I like to just ask every single time to my guest. One of them is a real is a real big question, and I'll get this one out of the way now. It's if you could listen to only one album for the rest of your life. Yes, what would that album be? It's tough. Oh man, it's tough. That's tough. Oh god, that's tough. That's really tough, dude. It is tough. Um. It's <laughs> Fleetwood Mac Greatest a, Hits Volume One. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a loaded question, man. Like that's a that's a very loaded question. Um, honestly, man, I I, I, pro I probably listen to Rolling Papers, Wiz Khalif, like Wiz what? Khalif, like the first album, dude. Just like there's just something about that album that is just so like it just gives me such a no skips, no skips. Start to finish, no skips. Play every and, track, every time. Yeah, every track, every time. And there's just something very nostalgic about that about that album. You know, it's like, like obviously, like, I have love for a lot of different artists. And, like, you know, it's, there, you know, there's definitely a few few albums up there, up there tussling, you know, for that spot. But I think overall, I think that would be, like, the one album that it's like, you know, it's like, yo, you got to do this, man. Like, that, I, would, I, would, I would pick that album and, like, really stick with it. That's cool. Just what because... What, sorry. Um, what were what were some of the big ones off of that album? Was there any big ones off it, or was that really like his prequel mixtape type phase? Um, no. I think the, oh, what is it? Um, what is it? I'm trying to think. Was it cameras? Cameras is on that album. Um, when I'm gone. Um, what else? No sleep. Yeah, there was there was a. That was honestly like a big, a really big album for him. I mean, I mean, obviously because you know he homie homie blew up from it, but yeah, no, that was like I said, that was those are three of like my favorite songs on those out on that album, and like I said, you know, there's a few on there that I can't necessarily name, and I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to like you know try to name it because I'm sure somebody will somebody will grill me for not knowing it, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, there, there's, that's, yeah, that's, that's a big album. Just because, yeah, like, I don't know, man, there's just, there's just something about that nostalgia. I think, I think it's like the, even if you take the, the vocals off of a lot of those tracks, like, they just have like a very, I don't know, kind of like, kind of like a photo, like photo album kind of vibe. I guess that's the best way to put it. That's cool. You know, it's like something that you'd be like looking at your photo albums, listening to in the background, kind of stuff. Interesting, man. That's a that's a cool surprise. I'm always surprised by my guests' answers, and I dig it. I dig it. I need to listen to some more Wiz. Um, another one that I've been starting to ask is, what is your all time like best DJ moment? And then what has been, like, your absolute biggest fail? Like, technical difficulties, you name it. Best and worst. Oh, goodness. Um, so we'll start, we'll start with the good one. Yeah. Um, 
So, so the the best one was I got to play um, like a smaller little bass show um, at. This was actually like not too long ago, and you know I had some homies come in from out of town, and you know it was is a very spur of the moment uh, bass night, and they weren't gonna bring they weren't gonna bring anybody anybody in, um, and so they had asked me to headline it, which you know obviously I was very flattered for, and when I showed up that night, there wasn't really anybody there. And so I was like, okay, like I'm super nervous about this. Cause this is, you know, we're trying to get this, get more approvals on this night, but also it's like, you know, we need people to show up and maybe like an hour, hour before my set, um, literally like just a swarm of people came in and it was just all people I noticed. And like, these were all people that like, you know they they come to shows and stuff but also when you're when you're on like a a ticketed event or like a you know you're playing at a place that is you know charging cover you all it's always like a little nervous because you never know if you know a lot of people like to like the ease of convenience so it's like a lot of people don't mind going to free shows you know and stuff like that but when you have a ticketed event you know it's definitely a little at least in my opinion like it's a little more all right, like, are these tickets getting sold? Like, you know, can I get enough people out to where, like, you know, these guys want to bring me back? Right. Kind of stuff. And so mm-hmm. when when I say, like, you know, this whole swarm of people came in, and these are people that, like, I, one, haven't seen in, like, a hot minute, you know, people that, like, I worked with that, like, I didn't even know they, they really listened to that music. And most of them, you know, don't. It's, you know, they were just there for support for me and stuff and so once i got out you know on stage and like started opening and performing like it was like that first opening drop that it was just like the crowd reaction like i had a very like surreal moment in a very small and intimate uh you know show event and like it literally like even talking about it like i have like goosebumps just because it was it was a very surreal moment for me that i was like okay like you know it's like you know i do have people supporting me not that you know not that i doubted that people weren't supporting me or anything but it's always it's always nice to kind of get that confirmation from the universe and like you know just that you're doing the right thing you know you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and exactly you know that was that was honestly probably like 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 one of the one of the awesome most awesome moments i remember like get like walking off stage and i i walked over to my girlfriend and i was like hey i was like like you know i was like i need just a minute and she was like you okay i'm like yeah no i'm fine i was like i'm literally just like i'm i'm like so high on life right now like this is you know this is was really cool you know and but to counter that <laughs> hold on to that i gotta to take a that. i gotta take a leak really quick I, i'm trying not to Hold on to that. I'm going to play cameras while I go and come back. Right back. I'm sorry. Okay. Perfect. Here we, here we go. Cameras off of rolling papers. Yes, sir.
God, see, this is like the first time I've heard this track actually. Dude, I, I'm telling you, like, like that, like, there is just something about that song. That's that, or when I'm gone is probably my favorite track on on that album, just because it's it's just something about that melodic, like, little melodies and like, uh, what is it? When I'm gone has like this really, really awesome, beautiful like piano intro. And it's just you know that is very similar to a, to a lot of the a style that I you know try to incorporate. I love um, I love like starting. You know I mentioned earlier like I, you know generally my work process is I start with chords and like I use a piano like literally in every single track that that I you know have made put out stuff like that. Like generally the roots start with me just like you know chilling at home. Like I'll pull up a really, really great uh, piano uh, VST, and then just go to like just sit there and play, and then finally get something that's like okay, and then that's when I start trying to incorporate like the other sounds, and then just start building it around that. And sometimes the piano ends up getting to stay in the final mix, and sometimes it doesn't. So. I see. Yeah, you got to start somewhere. That one sounds like it could have a good future bass flip to it. Like those intro chords as I was walking away, I was just like, "Oh shit, he was he was on this 11 years ago." What? Like for a rapper yeah. um that you don't you, it's not typical at least in my eyes for a rapper to really kind of go for that flavor of a sonic choice but then it's blended into the hip-hop you know the vocals help seal that that flavor and, and recipe but all right let's um let's go back what dude ugh, it's so bad but what's your biggest fail i got mines okay uh this is this is this is one that um let let me start off by saying um use your experiences and not every single time is going to be rainbows and just you know fire set every time and right you basically i'm starting this off with saying you know take this as advice um format your flash drives correctly okay um yeah so <laughs> So, so, so I was, uh, I played at the Wub and Dub Festival last year. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I got to play on the silent disco stage. And so, Cart was, was I, Hotbox um, there too? What's up? I think Hotbox was there too. Oh, yeah, dude. It's, it's funny. I actually, what is it? I still have, I still have the, 
the flyer? The flyer, I bought. I, I bought it just be. I bought the flyer just because I, you know, memorabilia. Like I wanted it. But yeah, dude, it was. It, that was that was a really awesome experience because there is just you know there's just so many people that were on the so many people that were on the lineup that we're all homies with. You know, it's like like you know Clutch Panda. Yeah. You know, well, uh, Jay Kinetic, like uh-huh. m- pretty much most of the station underground. I was so jealous when I saw that lineup. I was like, "Oh, I wish I could be there so bad." Yeah, man, it was it was really cool just because you know you think about you, you think about the people um, like what is it? The people that headline was is Miso, Baldy, like all you know, like like those guys, and it was really a really dope experience just because you got to like interact with it was such a small intimate festival that you would just run into these guys like just pretty much every day you know just like passing and stuff and but to to tie back you know to to back up backtrack a little bit but yeah so played the web and dub festival um i had been working on an edit that i really really wanted to play and it was i had my set prepped i had my set ready to go and it was going to be like a super last minute ad like i was literally on my way like in the car uh going to wub and dub and i was like "Mm, i think i'm gonna add this in real quick and so i was on my way and that was when uh record box notified me that i needed to update (laughs) which is like like, every other day for record (laughs) box yeah and i'm yeah and i'm like okay like this is a this is not a great time and so I, um, you know, <laughs> used my hotspot and everything and was trying to download Rekordbox. Ended up not getting it downloaded um, So f- until I got literally got there. Um, literally, the update finally updated and everything. And I went to go format my drive. Thought I formatted it correctly. Everything seemed fine. Took, you know, took the flash drive out. And so set time came and was it there was there was three djs on at a time and the middle dj had uh was playing on two three thousands and the two outer djs were playing on the uh 2000 nexus and so i remember walking up and i plugged my drive in and no waveform no bpm zero none (laughs) the audio was there but it was it was just nothing and and you could you could see you could see poor poor record box was trying its best to like load and it just wasn't loading. Oh my God. And thankfully thankfully I knew I knew my like I knew my set enough to really um, you know to to navigate my way through it and like where I needed to like mix in and mix in and you know drop and everything like that. But it was enough to rattle me to where I I was super self conscious like the whole like the whole set. And you know, yeah. I remember. Um, uh, it's it's funny. I remember. I remember walking walking off stage, and I, I looked at my girlfriend. And I was like, "Yeah, I was like, I need, I need like need like five minutes." <laughs> this time in a different way. Had to go back to the had to go back to the tent and like kind of like decompress and like you know in a sense like like get out of my head because I was so like you know I I was just so rattled from like like oh my gosh did I do that right I think I did that right I hope I did that right you know it's but without like the aid of like you know being able to visually beat match and stuff you know and wow le- yeah so lesson from that is you know always format your drives correctly bring it back up 
um and so yeah like that's 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 pretty much the that's that's my that was my like like biggest uh i guess you could say like fail moment and <laughs> you know it definitely you know it, it's at the back of my mind but it's not like a it's not like a, a a negative presence or anything like that it's more so just a awareness presence to remind me you know to make sure it's like okay it's like do i need to put this in do i need to add this uh, extra track in here you know or you know <laughs> just um yeah I found so. <laughs> myself throwing in so many tracks last minute, but then me going with stuff that I still just know and am confident in. You know what I mean? And but then, Yeah, no, 100%. And then there's always tracks where I'm like, why didn't I play that? I meant to play um, at the last Purple Buffalo show. I meant to play Level 9 by Import. Oh, dude, I, I've I've been listening to that. I, that's it's such a good, it's such a good. Oh I, lo I love that sample. I love that video too. <laughs> I used <laughs> so to be a like level as a sample. I used to be a level eight turtle. <laughs> <laughs> like it's so great. Yeah, I think that's that's something that has really you've seen a lot of that kind of surface within the past like year or two, especially with like the you know the uprise of tiktok and everything you just see the the sample usage like people like it's the internet is very quick yeah it, it moves you know, very, at a very, very rapid pace you know the fact that like uh for example like rumble you know it's like when when yes, rumble drops like like i literally saw, saw at least 15 different remixes within three hours of it being released wow yeah and then the the whole meme that went along with it repeat after me i will not mix the new skrillex that's just making me want to remix it that much more right yeah literally it's um <laughs> they, there's some i think i think there's like a really cool aspect of um remixing tracks that are an unspoken don't touch if that makes sense you know um, what is it i like to i like to think about um like like son holo uh, is, a, is a really good one you know he remixed what was it he he came out with like that ep and that was the one with the the next episode he remixed like an eminem track and then something else and like the obviously the next episode one like really blew up yeah but i had watched an you know i'd watched an interview with him and literally like he was talking about when he was making those remixes and he was telling people that he was making those a lot of people were very um i wouldn't say doubtful but a lot of people were very kind of like hey man like, like like this better be good like you know it's like the the original is a great is literally a timeless track so it's like you know you obviously want to want to make something that can also compete with that but also well i wouldn't say necessarily compete with it but I guess can stand next to it. Right. Know? Yeah, that's so true. It is. And um, it's so funny because after listening to Rumble like a few times, I sort of was astonished by the pure simplicity of it. And then all of a sudden that turned into an astonishment. It turned from an astonishment into, oh my God, this is 
arranged in such a way that it is letting it be so easy to remix like yeah how he like you'll just hear the individual parts dig it 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 like that bass in the jungle yeah and it's just so simple clean minimal that if you 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 it's just I feel like they were wanting everybody to remix it by how simple it was because you listen to I mean I realize it's a collab track but um still uh, Skrillex's other stuff hasn't really quite been like that and you see what I'm saying and then it it's also like I feel a tip of the hat towards the bass music movement because he's been he, we know he's been all over the place between Jack U, uh, Boys Noise, Skrillex, um, etc., and to the point where that one, it, it sort of like solidified bass. <clears throat> it sort of solidified bass music to me. Yeah, you know. No, a hundred percent. And it's you know that's I feel like the biggest that. that kind of similar to what you said I, I feel like jungle or rumble was a, like a really big track in in regards to sometimes sometimes you don't need 30 to 40 tracks you know like don't get me wrong like you know it's like you can obviously like layer your tracks and layer them the way that you need to and everything like that but when you you know when you think about honestly like like you said that sound is just it's just like such a simplicity that you're like wait a minute hold up and then very similar to what you said it's just like there's just a lot of there's a lot of open verses that are perfect for just the perfect four bar loop or you know just yeah (laughs) yeah dude it's I mean, I feel like I feel like you hit the nail on the head there because I mean, it's definitely what there's. I like a, a big thing that I like to do, and uh, this is for all like the you know producers out there. Is especially I'm sure you can you can attest like you know anybody that produces music. You kind of listen to music a little differently than the average, you know just somebody who's just listening to music just because at least for me i i I tend to like kind of like fixate on one of the sounds that's being played in the track and then i'll really like fixate and focus on that sound and like like listen to it and then maybe go back and listen to it again and then that time like i'll fixate on like a different sound you know and then you kind of just you in a sense like you you mentally can hear the different tracks yeah yeah and and like i feel like that's a that's a really cool tool to use um whether it be you using that track as a reference track or just you know you're just trying to come up with like some new ideas and stuff but no i agree well to make you feel a little better about your fail i um (laughs) i was trying to tell hotbox on the episode before last which isn't released yet but um that it (laughs) dude i've got some major fails like 
like major league fails for sure. Um, let me help you feel better really quick. Not only have I had issues with a thumb drive um, while opening up for acts, um, national acts, but I've also had fails where I am the main stage act and like say at these um, bars here downtown Charleston, um, just to glide over them briefly, yeah, at Mint off Calhoun Street, I was hitting the CO2 cannon on a drop and accidentally put it across the face of my laptop and my laptop fell like eight feet onto the ground. <laughs> It, like when I'm telling you it got oh when I'm telling you it got catapulted so hard it was like the external hard drive was still on the stage with me it oh like jumped no. it out of the ex it jumped it off the USBs like the oh my gosh, it's like bro. getting electrocuted straight out your cowboy boots and then um I think it hit the turbo bro <laughs> yeah so I literally was sitting there with my hands over my mouth I couldn't even I couldn't even look down I I couldn't see it and everything stopped and it was at a big drop and the the energy was in the air and the crowd and <laughs> dude oh. i'm just trying to tell you somebody oh. from the crowd just slowly gave me my laptop and i was like oh i know it fell like boom the wrong way and probably broke the hinge wide open but no it fell on the cor it fell on like the bottom left or right hand corner of like the keyboard section of the laptop not the screen section dented it they they handed it back up to me and i thought it was just going to be in shambles but no it was still on and i had, like apprehensively plugged my external hard drive and my dj controller back into it and it worked oh my gosh dude but still oh my and then another one <laughs> oh my gosh. another one was at uptown social in the middle of the day sunday like sunday fun day at uptown social packed patio and everybody like packed people all up to right next to like where i was on the stage it wasn't that big of a stage but um one of my friends came over and for whatever reason he was trying to tell me that i needed to adjust the legs of the table that my dj controller and everything was on and i assured him it was fine and uh he went ahead and took the initiative to adjust the table leg and it took it right off the edge of the stage and my everything fell into the audience like my oh my, my table my oh dj controller God. my laptop it just all slid off the stage it just fell and everybody was so close that they just it, it literally like hit their bodies and like it didn't go too far like the oh, but still that was like a huge dj fail i've had well, my hard my thumb drive go on emergency loop mode numerous times while opening up for a Recno. Um, at oh wow, no way! At Trio, that was very frustrating because it was a super lit set, and then every now and then a song would catch emergency loop mode, and I'd be like, having. It's, having it's to funny you mention that, dude, because I actually um, what is it? I played, I played a house event like back last year i think it was like in december or something like that but i actually had that same issue kind of arise was it was like i've had no issues with that drive um it's a very durable drive like it's been awesome for me but it, what is it i could basically get through a track 
and then I would load in the next one, and then it would just Im- immediately go into emergency loop. And like I was kind of like, I did that the first time, and I was like, okay, maybe I like you know accidentally grazed it or something with my hand, which you know I, I basically was kind of telling myself I did it, and then basically figured out the emergency loop situation. Thankfully, I had like my other flash drive plugged in, so that one was fine. Oh. But then I went back to my main, like my main drive, got it plugged back in, and it did the same thing again. And I was like, okay, like this is new to me. And I think it, was, I think it was just, uh, I think it was a software issue with my, I think the drive that I had formatted was like a version short of the current update that was out or something like that. And once, once I updated my record box and then formatted the drive, like I seem to have like the issues just seemed to go away and so that was that was definitely um you know a night just because like you said you know it's incredibly frustrating when you have like a really really awesome set planned and you know you just kind of keep hitting these little road bumps and obstacles and you're like all right you know and thankfully thankfully one of the emergency loops was like perfect it was like the perfect (laughs) loop for a build and i was like okay i can work with this but then there was another one that came in it hit the emergency loop on the two and so there was no there was no saving that you know it was like oh oh okay so um yeah i think uh that's it i think it's really convenient with just a flash drive I, I like it's incredibly convenient but there's just something there's something about having like your in a sense like your home base like your computer set up like you know because was i have like a i have like a five terabyte like hard drive that is like pretty much like my main like spaceship as you call it like that is that has everything that is anything music on it uh whether it be samples projects like music whatever and you know i i because i what is it I, i'm a big like serato head yeah like, like i like i still i still i still love serato's like nine times out of ten i will i will prep like if i'm practicing sets or like you know in preparation for one i'll typically use serato and just because like that's just like i know serato like the back of my hand and yeah plus I still I still run a, a DDJ SX2, which is like you know, which was the last board that was Serato integrated. Ah, uh, I love those Pioneer controllers. So that I because Dude, I'm a Serato terrible, head too. I, D, what, DDJ SX2. Yeah, it's like granted, it's what is it? It's like a I've had I've had mine for like seven eight years I think at this point, and it's to this day it is you know knock on wood but but i i've had no problems with it all of all of my all the hardware on it works flawlessly just as i like had just unboxed it see that's like the that's the one that i would like to have even though it's even a little dated i've seen these two jog wheels four decks eight hot cues underneath each jog wheel i'm assuming it has xlr outputs uh yes xlr outputs um your effects are um like a like knob based i love that but 
Dude. I, I like that too, just because especially with those, uh, you, I mean, you can you can utilize up to three different effects. Exactly. At the same time. That's one thing that I am just seriously pissed with Pioneer about for the CDJs that are supposed to be like the elite. No, I hate C. I don't care what anybody says. I hate CDJs. I do. I don't. There's not a lot of things in life that I hate, but CDJs is one of them. You're trying to tell me I have one effects knob for everything? What? And you're charging that much? No, I'm used to three effects per per uh, deck, at least. And oh, 100%. And the controller that I have, you can assign six. You can assign both sides to one if you want, and have it like that. It just holy cow. That's really that's really sick, actually. I I just don't I don't know, man. That was one of the few ones that I would still get. Just because I'm such a, I'm still such a Serato head. Yeah, and, and like I said, man, you know it's Recordbox. Recordbox is cool in its in its own category. Just because, like, there there are some things that you can do in Recordbox. I definitely, by no means, I'm way more comfortable in Serato than I am Recordbox. Um, but like I said, I I tend to prep uh, prep my sets and stuff like that in. Serato, and then uh, basically take kind of like jot it all down of like you know what all I want in like my folder just because I'm not a big I'm not a big like this whole hour set out you know I'm a big like I like to do it on the fly um, yeah but I I tend to have my ins and outs like I, right. I try to prep at least two to three ins and outs for each track yeah hot keys are life and and then just and then just throw like i'll put a bunch of those in a folder i'll have a general idea of what i want in like the order that i do um but you know by no means is it going to be the same set every single time no yeah exactly like a lot some of the biggest extents i will go to is literally customizing some sort of tag at the end of the track title within the software being like if if this is like a serious set i i will go in and around the songs i'll listen to all the songs that i want to play that night in my main playlist for that night and i'll be like okay what's good for about the opening time what's good for about mid set what's good for about close set i'll go in type in custom in parentheses like um opening vibes or like mid like open slash mid set open i mean like mid or like absolute final track or whatever but it's not it's not like that often for me i'm very similar with you in the sense that i like to wing it um and you really and like you and i you know one of the things i really like to do that you know one in the sense of like especially if you're playing with other people you know because unless you're unless you're super super tight with them you know if it's somebody like you you've never met before like like I'll, I'll reach out to you know some people that i know and you know even some people that i don't know you know and i'll reach out to them and be like hey you know like just a rough idea you know are, are you gonna play this track you know or you know are you gonna play this track and, and so that's i think that's where the the uniqueness comes in to you know kind of like what we were talking about earlier is like you know how you throw that track in um but you know i I definitely like to like to just have that have that 
opportunity and like that choice to kind of be like, all right, well, you know, maybe, you know, maybe the crowd was feeling more heavy stuff and not, you know, the super, super melodic, you know, vibey stuff. And, you know, you know, we'll switch that up. And a big thing that I like to personally do is I I tend to break kind of like what you said, I tend to break down, like if I'm playing like an hour, I'll break down, break that hour down into like 15 minute, 15 minute segments. Mm-hmm. So it's like 15 minutes. It's like, all right, what do I want in this for first initial 15 minutes? You know, yeah. it's like, okay. you know, you, you really need to like, obviously open with something that captivates someone and then keep them captivated in that first 15 minutes. Because if in that first 15 minutes, if you're not playing something to keep people captivated, then, you know, you lose them True. pretty quickly. True. You know, and especially because it's like if you, if you if you can't keep them entertained or you know keep them in a sense like focused on you for fifteen minutes, you know how are you going to get through the next forty five minutes? You know, <laughs> and so generally is you know yeah. So fifteen minutes openers like I, I like to throw a lot of high energy stuff. In, in like first 15 minutes just because you know you really just got to reach out there and, and grab people and just be like all right come with me on a journey let's go and then once you get once you know once i get into like the 15 minutes that's when i you know kind of start segueing into like the more more melodic stuff more vibey stuff and then you know from there you kind of just cultivate it based on one like where you want to go and two how the crowd reacts you know which i which Side note: I know, I, I know, this is going to be a little, little, like, little, little side topic here, but this is something that I feel like, especially with with so many new DJs uh, being like, you know, people. So many people are are wanting to pick up DJing, which is awesome. It's an incredible, incredible thing because you know. You definitely, it, I feel like the more people that are in the music scene, the more that it helps because true. it just pushes everyone to be better. It pushes everyone to find a more unique sound. It pushes people to push the boundaries of things that you are supposed to do in music. Um, and, but one of the, the best things that I, I could have ever learned, and I'm sure like, you know, you can, you can attest to this is being able to read a room like that is like i like i think one of the best skills that you could have as a dj like obviously mixing skills like you know obviously you know you should be able to mix like two tracks together but i feel like the importance of reading a room is is so underlooked just because you know you could go into a bar and you could literally play two to three hours of literally absolutely anything that you want to play anything, you know, like technically speaking, you like, you don't have to play what people want to hear, but you're going to get some weird looks, you know, you're going to get people that you're just not going to get that, that attention and that crowd reaction that you want. Whereas if you're reading a room and you're like, okay, like, you know, these people, these people are really, really messing with, you know, like wubby stuff or these people are really messing with like you know that heavy like you know rhythm style bass and or or you know what whatever entails like you to go on, like on that journey that night 
um, just because I, I think that that is something that a lot of people overlook to the skills in, in regards to like doing the whole experience yeah um, it's very fun. important that's what I like to call dance floor psychology uh, 101 <laughs> and what I will do is I, I, I will I'll still keep it pretty open format even for the um, the bassy EDM gigs and it's because one style of music will just become stale after a certain amount of time like to me personally it's I, a lot of these people they'll just throw and no offense or a hate at all because I'm not racist when it comes to anything <laughs> so um, I don't care like I accept all music genres um, but yeah, like an hour straight of rhythm is not my cup of tea. Um, some rhythm here and there with some like Ellis Dream here and there, maybe like Said the Sky, um, really just whatever. Some originals, blah blah blah, you name it, dude. There's just a lot of bases that I like to hit throughout the, the course of a certain amount of a set, depending on how long the set is. Um, yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Because because, I mean, you're definitely right, man. It's like, you know, it's, like like you said, it's like not knacking anybody that, you know, that's like their genre and like, you know, they really are honing in on it. It's just, you know, I, like, like you said, you know, it's like, I'm a big, to, you know, touch back earlier, it's like, you know, like I said, I, lo I love house music, man. Like, love house music. It, it's funny because the, the idea that, that, you know, you have people that are, they're like, there's so you know some people in the bass community that are just like you know they they cannot stand house like can't just cannot do it and, they're racist excuse me and then you know and then there's people on the other end like on the house side that are like you know i can't do bass music and where i'm just like right in the middle of like yo i could go to either one of these stages like you know i'm like i could do i could do either one and i'm still gonna have a great time <laughs> and, and that's that's why we love you so that's what yeah it's like like that's why i don't know man it's just like that's why i love I really try to incorporate a lot of different styles um, and a lot of different builds and stuff like that. And even even like like BPM switching, you know, it's like sometimes like, you know, there's always that, that uh, stigma that kind of goes with, well, it's like if you're a bass artist, you can't play house. And it's like, well, well, who said that? <laughs> like who who it's like who dictated that like you know it's like granted you I feel like you definitely need the right segue yeah into it. But, you know, to think that you can't necessarily play that genre because you're already in one genre is like, and like, close minded. I mean, I, yeah, it's like, I mean, it's like, like, I hear you, but also it's like, a, you know, there's no, that's, the, that's, I guess, like the beautiful thing about music is there's no, there's no wrong way to do it. Dude, you know, exactly. And one of my favorite things to do is to switch up the BPMs on people, dude. I get. I feel stale after a while in any BPM, and it's one of the things that I like to take pride in being able to do that other people don't like to do or think is like DJ faux pas, because it's just like something that came to me very early on, and I will put my my um, BPM 
sort of plus minus from plus or minus 8 to plus or minus 50 if you're in Serato or wide if you're in record box and I'm used to that sensitivity on the tempo slider so I can go from literally things that are very hard to mix together like say 80 BPMs and 120 BPMs I'll find a segment within that 80 BPM track to loop that is a very opportune easy to to um, tempo stretch in a way tempo shrink whatever it is I will go from high to low low to high you name it dude that's just one of my trademarks and um, sort of loop it or if it doesn't need to be looped and it's a big enough break with like a nice thing going on you know it's just dependent and then just scooch them along bring it right up and it's always this exciting because music part of the thing about it is is tension and release and you you create this tension you there's there's something about that breaking the rules thing that I think really gets through to the people and it's it's always it's always awesome to just go through the set knowing that you're breaking rules doing something different and then people afterwards are just obsessed and yeah. you know you go back I love recording the sets so I can reflect on them later and that's one of the biggest um things that helps me improve is it's like if you're a football player and the game gets recorded or the practice gets recorded and you go back and you watch listen whatever if you're a football player or a DJ and you really start to realize a lot of things in hindsight okay this transition could have been a little bit cleaner in this regard or maybe I should have uh, mixed into this track a little bit sooner or well, you name it um, I love I love just randomly um, since we're on this topic just bring in little surprise clips like right before a drop one of my favorites recently is the um, <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll just be scrolling through my tracks and something will jar my creativity um, like I'll just pass by Gungam style and I already have that one thing hot cued right before the track I'm just like ha like three two one go Psh, whoop them Gungam style and then like go just into the <laughs> yep. it, it, there, there's something there's something about those surprise clips and and especially especially like as as we progress like into you know the music that we are and everything you know i have you know i, I have no problem saying this I'd like myrtle beach is not a great nightlife area and it's it's no hate or anything like that it's just it's just calling it for what it is okay. um it's just there's not there's not a lot of uh, opportunities regarding electronic music around here compared to, say, like Charleston or Wilmington or Charlotte, you know, yeah, things like sure. that. Like, obviously, in those those bigger hubs, like, there's more opportunities for that music and stuff. I feel for y'all. I do feel for you. And so, and so, and so, a big, um, so a, a big kind of tool that I've really started using, and and I've noticed that it's it's helped a lot of my friends in a sense help them segue into my world of music 
um, is like mashups. Like, yes. like literally cannot express like how true, how how like just how big of a tool mashups are. It's like you know you take take a track you know with with a very popular chorus and throw it over an electronic track, and next thing you know, like you know you have someone that's vibing to the music without them even realizing that they're like vibing to like that track they're just they're finding the relatability in the the vocals or the chorus you know that that was played in and it's the best way to put it is it's almost like (laughs) this might sound like weird but it's almost like you're conditioning your friends like for like you know electronic music or for people that don't that aren't familiar with that world you know whereas like you know for me like i'm a big person where it's like it doesn't matter if it's bass music or house music you can you can give me no words at all and i'll just sit there and i'll vibe and i'll you know listen to it and and vibe and stuff but i understand that a lot of my friends might not necessarily find that that as appealing as if it had a vocal that they recognize over it you know yeah i do and that's where I will sort of take the opportunity to, that is something I like to do technically, is I'm getting ready for a big drop of one track, but then I will like just meticulously EQ the, the B track with, say, say it's something relatable, like a T-Pain song, like we're, we're rocking in the 80 BPM bass zone, and then something like buy you a drink i'll like bring it up maybe like i don't know give or take 75 percent on the volume up and down slider uh and then like hit the macro filter to about like 50 percent between middle and high and definitely duck out the lows and then eq the highs and mids to taste with some of that delay and reverb on your three options of effects and just give it like this this thing and then by the time that track A's drop has ended it's ready to drop into say like the first verse of track B and I will just inverse all the EQ's take the bass out of track A bring the bass into track B up the volume cut the difference on the other track boom just like that and then delay reverb out of track A so it just sounds like it was somehow it just somehow got pulled off. Yeah, um, and then, no, no, hundred percent. I I hear you because that's that's um yeah. No, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Please. <laughs> no, and that's the way that I will condition. I will I will test the waters every time, no matter what. Like I've been, I I learned how to DJ from the homies in the Strawberry Squad. And it's like Wade, aka DJ United, Paul, aka DJ Sparkbox, Soto. Um, these people have been DJing for so long that I've learned the fundamentals from, and they get away with so much because they know how to get away with it. Where all of a sudden they'll take crowd from top forty to just a straight up EDM banger that you wouldn't expect the crowd to get into and it's just how you finesse and next thing you know you take somebody that doesn't say even 
consider themselves to like a certain kind of EDM to just sitting there and just like letting their face get ripped off. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Within reason, you know, there's wiggle yeah, rooms on that. That's uh so dude, so I got a question for you, man. Uh, word, let's hear it. So so what's um and I, I like to I like to ask a lot of like a lot of the DJ homies this what is what is like your biggest DJ hot take? Like my one of my favorite tracks to spin? Or just just a hot take, like something that is uh I guess like like a like a thought that might be might be considered controversial in in like the dj community but i wouldn't even say controversial but just like um try, yeah I, I guess i guess that is the best way you know i mean if you have one if if not you're talking about is this pertaining to like the culture side of it or is this pertaining to like the the technical side of djing I guess like the technical side of it, like the, the the actual like DJ side of it. Like like I'll be honest, I, I like I like so so my hot take, and this is like yeah, start off obviously with no disrespect to anybody that does this or like you know, I think there's definitely a way. Um, I'm not uh, my hot take is I'm not a big fan of like doubles and and stuff like that. What does that mean? Um, I like like uh, basically where when you're chopping. Oh, and then and oh, then yeah. you and then you uh, just floor both faders, and then no, uh, yeah. you know a lot a lot of people like like to do that, and like that's awesome, dude. Like do your thing, like you know that's what makes. But at least for me, on on a, a sound side of it, is there's a reason that these songs were made, you know, solo, and you definitely can get some really cool uh, sounds and stuff when you're chopping and everything like that. But I feel like a, a lot of people, when it comes to doubling, will just leave the faders at, or like the EQ faders as or knobs as is, and they'll just floor both the tracks. And to me, it just sounds like a uh, like a cacophony. You, know, you just you have two tracks that are literally competing with each other. Yeah, um, mixing in Q is a but, thing. Ah, go on. But um. You know, I definitely don't think that it's something that, you know, it, it's not like it can't be done. I think it's just sometimes when you're doing doubles and stuff like that, sometimes, like you said, one, mixing in key is a very, very big thing. And two is sometimes you just got to figure out which, like if you are going to do a double, sometimes you need to kind of like figure out which track overpower the other one and try to make so if you have track a that's you know insane drop and you have track b and you're like all right i'm gonna floor them both you know and obviously one of those tracks is going to overtake the other doesn't matter how you do it doesn't matter if they're both at the same volume there's going to be one that your brain will fixate on yeah and i feel like whichever track is the one that your brain doesn't fixate on is you know sometimes like if you're gonna do a double or something like that maybe like eq it if you even yeah. if you just eq it like just like a little bit like take it you know maybe take the high you know take your high eq from like the 12 o'clock to like the 11 o'clock or exactly. you know or something like that even just a minor minor little uh cut back on the on the frequencies and stuff can really help 
make it to where it just doesn't sound like you just have two songs that are just fighting each other yeah one okay so no i agree with that completely and over the course of like five years of djing full-time five six years i've gone through a lot of different phases um i've i've gone the route of i've never floored both of them um but i definitely like blending tracks and stuff but if I were to have a hot take in my own right, I'd say one of the things that just really irks me once again is is sticking too much into one vibe. It just it can you when you're out at a club, you for me personally, I just have to keep it eclectic. I I will go between every single thing in the middle of like in a say like even an EDM set I'll throw in something unexpected and just see how the crowd responds because I know the drop's gonna be good I love throwing in surprises like you've got to let things rest every once in a while and that is something that comes with time that you realize just the the whole scope of your set and giving the room a second to breathe at moments and like I just I kinda it depends it just really depends man certain times I'll keep the energy going and certain times I'll cut it back but I can get I can just get bored easily um, I like for people to be creative in one way or another peel back the layer of the onion for me one of my favorite things is peeling back the layer of the of a, the onion for my listener where all of a sudden yeah i've got like t-pain let me buy you a drink that's like eq'd you know and volumed to a specific part in the mix i will always have a monitor i will bring my own monitor every single time um so nothing is worse than having to mix from the other from the back side of your speakers you don't know oh my gosh you don't yes. know how it sounds <laughs> you don't know how it sounds really um that came with time too but yeah where i say i'll be like playing something something heavier with like a more top 40 like vocal in there and then i will just sit there take the heavy drop at like an opportune point within its composition of the drop and sort of either like completely cut out the volume just to let that other thing be there or maybe like high pass it and then like bring it back in yep um mm -hmm. but yeah some other things my hot takes is too much microphone talk is very annoying <laughs> too many beat tags of your own can be very annoying D -d -d dj it's me um, <laughs> uh, no 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah yeah it's um you know i i think uh and especially like i'm sure you can attest uh, you know doing like weddings and corporate events like my you know mic work is definitely um a, a very you know underrated skill also right. um you know knowing how knowing how to talk to you know the p like your crowd and honestly knowing the kind of energy that your crowd is like on you know it's like if if you know if you're playing music and you know you you don't have hardly have people dancing and stuff all right well maybe it's time to switch it up play something else you know maybe if 
you know, if you, you got like a tough room that you're trying to like, you know, crack their egg, like, you know, you got the people that are just like, you know, you're trying to crack mm-hmm. the egg. Maybe don't hit them with a, you know, scream into the mic and how we do it. You know, like maybe, maybe not. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. You know, obviously gauge the room and, but, it's you know, but, but there's definitely a, um, a healthy balance of speaking on the mic versus not speaking on the mic like you know um i think i think somebody that i really like to use as an example and uh it was funny i I was talking to one of my buddies uh, yesterday and we started talking about this and i was like you know come to think of it like i guess like you're right like you know seven lines he doesn't use a mic literally like does not does not talk on the mic at all during his sets and i was like huh and, you know, I started, like, deep diving and, like, looking up his sets, like, on YouTube or SoundCloud and stuff. And I was like, holy cow, like, he really does not talk on the mic. Like, but, you know, I definitely, you know, think that he is very much a person of he lets the music kind of talk for him. And, you know, it's it's all up to you as the artist to, you know, really establish I guess, like, in a sense, like, your brand, like, your sound, like, are, you know, like, you, sure, if you, if you're absolutely terrified to talk to people on the mic, um, you know, not gonna knock you for it, and, you you know, it it might, it might be a skill you you might want to work on, you know, just in those, in those cases that you do need to talk on the mic, but, you know, it's, you know, everybody's got their own, on uh spin on it you know some people some people never talk on the mic some people might say one thing on the mic and you got somebody that's you know they they're on the mic every every drop every build up you know? and for anyone listening if this makes a cut be sure to drink your water just to put a pin in that last idea <laughs> if you do decide to get on the microphone make sure it's audible i will sometimes completely duck down the volume if need be because it can be extremely hard to be heard like the intelligibility of your voice through a microphone um is is something that you have to pay attention to you gotta line check stuff like that um i personally quit using a microphone and started using my headphones i don't know if you're aware of that no it it's funny, bro. I actually just watched a video on that. And, uh, you know, it was somebody that they were talking about how they forgot to bring a mic to a uh, an event one time. And they were, like, two and a half hours away from, from where they were, or from where they were, like, from. And basically he was saying, he was like, yeah, he was like, I just I just used my, my headphones. And I was like, wait a minute. Like, it's it's funny because, like, you know, it's like, it's it's one of those things that I've I've known, but it was like a, it was almost kind of like a hidden at the back of the file cabinet kind of knowledge. Yeah, it was like I completely forgot about you know, and it's funny because I, I you know, I was like, holy cow! Like, and, and I immediately went and tested it out. I was like, no freaking way, dude! Like, <laughs> so that that's really cool though. Um, how does I guess like how does the audio sound like with like I you know my headphones i'll be honest my headphones aren't the greatest and so my audio wasn't crystal crystal clear um but it was definitely you know like it was definitely audible you know but compared to like other mics that i have and stuff you know obviously not not the best but 
you know, I've, I've heard that with different headphones, like, you know, obviously, like, better headphones are going to have, like, you know, better uh, speakers, speakers and everything inside of them. Yeah, well, the way I circumnavigated is that on my controller, so on the NS7 III by Newmark, there's sort of a microphone jack on the front faceplate of the controller, um, and... In that there is it's a combo jack so you can put in an XLR or um, a quarter inch and so I decided to put in a, an, a quarter inch adapter into a headphone jack so I can put my um, headphones directly into that adapter and it will feed the signal into the output of the controller but it has three knobs that I twist accordingly you got a gain and a bass and a treble and so I will often you kind of got to dip off some of the bass increase some of the highs and um, just do the gain to whatever's appropriate for that moment and that's how I have been doing it and um, I have a I have a microphone and I have extra XLR, but there's just something about that. I just been doing that. That's just my flow lately. So, you know, um, for all y'all, yes, you can do the headphone trick, but I don't know how it works with all the other controllers uh, because Pioneer's got a different hardware setup and everything. Um, it might not be as easy on another controller as it is for mine, but I'm fortunate for that. Um, but yeah, you know, so. Um, I mean, that's that's sick, man. You know, I mean, hey, hey, if it works, bro, if it works for you, you know, who who am I to tell you? You know, who am I to tell you or anyone else that you know, or anyone else tell you that that's not the right way to do it? And especially because I mean, I, I think when it comes to Especially like uh, if you if you're a uh, hey I'm I'm taking my stuff and I'm setting my stuff up somewhere kind of person, versus if you're going somewhere that already has like a house system and a house like everything, um, you know when you're when you're taking your own setup and everything, obviously it's like the less the less stuff you have to deal with, the better, you know, because that means at the end of the night when you're done you know loading out or whatever it's it, you know it just makes it easier on you and yeah that, i mean that was shoot when i worked for the entertainment company that was you know that was a big uh big part of how we just in a sense like made ourselves better was we just we just kept trying to utilize our setup making it easier where you know when we first started it was we would show up and we'd have the facade and then we'd have like, you know, the table and everything versus like yeah. where towards the, towards the later part of uh, my employment there was, you know, we had a whole booth that we could just roll in and it was all you had to do was plug in, take a, take a, you know, basically power cable into the booth. And then all you had to plug in was your XLRs and everything was, was right there on, on the side of the booth for ease of convenience. Yeah. And, you know, talk about like setup, setup and breakdown time went from like, you know, two hours to like an hour. Yeah. If that. 
you know yeah integrating that stuff into the booth and cutting down your time it's it's all about that man it's you never know what it's gonna be like to load in and break down and yeah you got to streamline your your system man uh, it's like simplicity is the ultimate sophistication and that's just something that will come with time and uh let's see we're at about a two hour point which is good because it feels like an hour man and i love the longer podcast dude this this is what i like to call the bonus round and is there anything else that you'd like to plug or say or talk about ask you name it um what is it so the 21st uh this saturday um i'll be playing at a bar in myrtle beach called barfields um it's an electronic winter solstice event and uh there's going to be some really really great talented people in there uh solid alibi who uh, i believe you had on your podcast a little bit ago yeah. um what is it i think there's uh an artist by the name of brie coming in from charlotte i believe um and there, there's quite a, quite a bit of people on that lineup and um it's you know it's definitely going to be a really fun night uh from what i've heard the production side of it they've really really honed in on it just to give people an experience and everything um that's like the the next big show that I have planned. I want um, I want to go to that one actually. Well, uh, wait, what'd you say? Uh, that's the one I wanted to go to. I think I commented on that post or something. So yeah. Oh y- nice. Y'all y'all pay attention. Barfields B A R F I E L D S. Yes, Barfields Bar and Grill in Myrtle and Beach. Yeah, I'm I'm curious because it's you know it's obviously like a more uh, more bar setting. But, um, you know, I've been seeing, you know, they done, they've done like some renovations in there and uh, they have like a big TV wall now, which is pretty, pretty awesome. And uh, so, oh, yeah, wow. man, I think I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a really, really fun night. Um, you know, definitely, definitely hearing more about it from people that I wasn't expecting to go go. And so um, I'm, I'm really excited for it, man. It's it's going to be a really, really fun night with. A lot of really really talented people uh you have a bunch of different genres at play there and uh so you're really going to be able to curate curate your night really do you typically record your live sets um i try to um it, it just depends um if i'm on cdjs not so much just because yeah, same i'm not too familiar with the cdjs enough to like really know it um but if i'm on my own controller hundred uh, percent yeah do you uh, upload your live mixes to mixcloud.com i do i do yes um, i do actually good plug, yeah, mix, plug that link for yeah, us I, I, what's up i'm sorry sorry um plug that link for us um it's just gonna be uh just pleiad uh mixcloud on uh pleiad on mixcloud kind of the same uh same format as the soundcloud um if you what is it? If you go to any of my socials, um, I have all of my all of my direct links there via SoundCloud, MixCloud, um, all that good stuff. Um, definitely, definitely check it out. Um, I know, I know, MixCloud isn't 
or at least I don't think that it's utilized as much as it should be just because, you know, I've listened to some incredible mixes on Mixcloud yeah. very often. Yeah. And, you know, um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people in there, you know, a lot of people like to put their mixes on SoundCloud, but I think Mixcloud is, you know, I, I like, I tend to put them on both, you know, just in case, cause there are some people who are like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just gonna listen to this on SoundCloud, and then you have some people like, like myself, where I'm like, you know, I'll, whether it be a road trip or whatever, I'll just put on Mixcloud, you know, whether it be I'm cleaning, whatever, I just put on Mixcloud, throw in some mixes, and like, oh, cool, you know. So I thought the the main breaking point between the two is that SoundCloud will be flagging your your mix if it has any copyrighted material versus. Mixcloud, which that will never happen. Yeah, it's it's definitely. Um, hold on a second. I think my AirPods just died. Hold on one second. Good. But yeah, so um, with that, it's definitely that was definitely why I actually started using Mixcloud. Um, was a lot of the mixes that I had put up was just would not would not work basically it was like as soon as i would upload it it would get flagged almost immediately and yeah and it's funny because like you know i like i have homies who you know they like they can upload a mix to soundcloud and like it'll be like the most radio stuff you could possibly think of and no flags really yeah and and, mm-hmm. and it's, it's wild to see um, just because, you know, I'll, I'll text a person and be like, Hey, like, like, how did you get your mix through this? And, you know, um, a lot, uh, pretty much the, the main answer is like, you know, mess with the BPM, mess with the, the key and the pitch. That's a, that's a good way to kind of get around that. Yeah. But if you're, if you're not necessarily the person that wants to go and do that per se, I highly suggest like Mixcloud is a hundred percent will give you that free roam to kind of just upload your mixes as is without having to worry about, Oh, is this going to get flagged or copyright? It's like, you know, cause sure. Like you might get through that first, like 10 minutes of not getting flagged, but if it picks up any kind of segment where it's, you know, has a copyright, like it, it will flag it and take, get taken down immediately. Exactly. I mean, even even TikTok, man. Like even yeah. like I've had a quite a bit of number of TikToks that I've literally basically had to remove just because, you know, I'll it'll be a mashup that I you know will make or something, and I'll go and try to post it, and it'll be it'll be up for a day, and I'll go and check it like the next day or something, and it's like you know TikTok has flagged this this sound, and then you go to it, and it's just a, a silent video, you know, so. <sighs> I've had I've had Instagram even take off things that were my own material where it saw it as a flag because I had already posted my track on all the streaming platforms and so even though it was my original account posting my own stuff it saw it as technically uh like a yellow flag and it, it foul just yeah, it's like a double-edged flag. sword because it's like, especially in a situation like that, you're very much you're like, "Hey, man, thanks for like looking out for me," but also it's like, "Yo, this is my sound." Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it can be it can be wonky. Uh, so I'll try to 
I'll try to leak things before I officially release them for the sake of it not giving me a hassle uh, after the fact. And that's just me learning the hard way. But, um, you know, it's, it's always a work in progress. Us having to circumnavigate these things, getting used to the technology and really utilizing them for the best. You know, these oh, people blowing up. Especially social media, man. Like that is that's a that's a tool that is is so like it is. You know, when obviously it's like I'm sure you can attest it, or anyone who's been DJing for longer than like you know five ten years. You know, it's granted like ten years ago it, it wasn't. You know, obviously uh, social media was was a tool that you kind of needed, but it, I feel like now it's you know, you got to be kind of covering, like, all your platforms and everything like that, and it's, you know, if you're not, you know, like, I'll be honest, I'm not, I'm not the greatest, like, social media person, and it's, it's not, it's not even that I don't want to post content or anything like that, I just, I just tend to be a private person, right, I'm not a, I'm not a person that, like, I don't, I don't like to be on my phone, like, super, super, like, a whole lot, and no, me too. nine times out of ten, my phone will sit, you know, sit across the room from me, and while I'm, while I'm doing stuff. And but I think that it's you know a very crucial thing to have is being able to get on the algorithm side, yeah. and because once you do get on the the I guess like the good side of the algorithm, you know, you're only going to watch your growth just continue continue to go up because you know you can obviously pay for the ads and everything like that but also if you're on if you're on the the good side of the algorithm like those people are going to see those ads regardless they're not those ads but like those people are going to see your posts regardless of whether it's a a paid ad or you know or not so that's that's a good point um well dang dude i i agree with that wholeheartedly man we it's for people like us that aren't, I, I don't know, I feel like we've been through more social media phases, so it just becomes like blase by the time like we're having to, I'm like, oh, I gotta upload Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, like Twitter, whatever. It just gets, it just gets to a completely different side of this occupation that is, is not as in. Man, I'm try. We're trying our best, aren't we, dude? Yeah, no, that's that's literally the best way to put it, man. Is like you know, it's you, especially now is you know, it's very much of you know when if when, when you're when you're going to get booked, you know, one of the first things that uh, a venue or a company is you know looking to hire you one of the first things they're looking at now is they're looking at your socials, sure. they're looking at your numbers, they're looking at you know, it's like, can this person bring people, you know, and whereas, like, obviously, I don't think that that was, um, I guess, like, as heavily focused on, like, you know, like, back in the day, but, um, you know, now it it is, in a sense, it's kind of like your resume, it's kind of like your DJ resume. Basically, though. You know, it's like, you can, you, you know, you can say that you, you know, you've opened for these, these people and everything like that, but, 
you know, nine times out of ten, like people people want to see like your brand and the best way to represent your brand without having you in person is through socials. Yeah, the, these people we, we got to understand, and it's just so easily it's just so easy to be discouraged by the people that are out here fluffing their numbers. Like we know that's a thing. I, I look at somebody that I know and I'm like, <laughs> you don't have 15,000 followers. Like it's you're, you're fluffing that. And it's you're, I can see straight through that. Like it's the, it's the, the double-edged sword dilemma caveat thing between I'm sticking with organic growth and letting that try to show its precedence versus, oh, why do you have like 50,000 followers that you secretly paid for? And then next thing you know, like, but all your posts have like five likes. Or, or like eight, you know, it'd be like five comments. Yeah. You know, I'm like, that, that's, that's, you know, that doesn't work out. But, you know, that's, that's a big thing for me is like, I, I don't, within the past couple months, I'm not really sure what's happened, but at least for me, like my my socials right now, I've been trying to monitor pretty closely, just because I'm starting to get a lot of like bot followers. Yeah, like, I mean, and like it's so obvious that they're bots. It's oh, so yeah. obvious. Like and, <laughs> Jane Doe eight two two three six L seven is following. Yeah, liked your yeah, video. And, like you know, and like you know, it's it's a lot of times. I apologize in advance for anyone listening to this that might have a username like that. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I nine times out of ten, you're probably gonna get you're probably gonna get blocked. It's nothing personal. Um, it's just, you know, I I would much prefer to like you know have that organic growth in the sense of, you know, if I if I have fifteen thousand followers, like you know, I want like I. I like, I want people, I want, you know, like, real, genuine people who, you know, would interact with the post, not just a bot that's, like, you know, message message me or DM me for, for a promo or, you know, or something like that. It's just, you know, you click on the page and it's just, like, no posts, you know. Yeah. They're, you know, they're following, like, they're following, like, 1,500 people and they have, like, three followers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is, it's just a weird thing to the game because you wonder what's going on. I think that TikTok has evidently more people on it than Google, um, Facebook, Instagram. I feel like Instagram is trying to keep up even under manufactured bots that make it see. Imagine Instagram creating bots in and of themselves to give to give people a false sense of engagement. I, I will, I've been starting to, like you said, over the past two-ish two months, I've been starting to, I'll, I'll be looking at my phone and it'll be like that Jane Doe random number letter combination is liked your story or something. And I'm just like, dude, I feel like they're trying to keep the engagement rate up on a false level hypothetically because it could be all sorts of things like why would i just get a random and i go and look at the profile and it's seemingly nothing like to like yeah nothing to no. follow about it like no um call, there's no human touch there's, there's no, no call human, to action like, even it's not like hey buy my booty pictures here or like hey cash at me money it's just like it's just a pure bot and i feel like it's 
Instagram trying to keep up its engagement, like to keep you interested, like, oh my God, people are liking my stuff. I'm going to be on Instagram longer so I can get more engagements and um, continue the dopamine rush through this app instead of another app. You know, it's funny. I've never, I've never even thought about it like that, but that honestly, that makes, that makes a whole lot of sense. It really, it really makes a lot of sense because, you know, I think, I think TikTok is hands down dominating the social media game right now. Like, like they, there's just, there's just something about like going on TikTok and then just, just scrolling, dude. Like, you know, and it's like those algorithms, I, I can't even hold man. Those algorithms got me, uh, they got me pegged, dude. They they know me. <laughs> yeah. They know me very well. Their their algorithms be hitting different, and this is something that I've discussed with a lot of my other guests. And it's just an important thing to understand because we have to get with the shits. And I think TikTok is now with it. Like I had a, a music colleague come up to me quite some time ago and say, "Hey, well, if you're a musician and you don't have a TikTok, you." kind of doing something wrong and i got a, like a little butt hurt about that at first and then i realized that he was telling me something very valid and i i went ahead and put all my stigmas aside and started um scrolling through and liking things that i liked in order to put the algorithm into a rhythm of something that i want to see and now i enjoy it it's it's it it's it's weird because I feel like I'm just like mindlessly scrolling, but at the same time, it's not really like that. You can you can sit there and pay attention to the details of everything and come out on the other side with more traction. Yeah, hundred percent. And especially, I feel like like you know, TikTok is TikTok kind of leveled the playing field for a lot of people. Um, just because if if you're not if you're not like an everyday poster, which I, I have no I have no problem admitting, like I'm not I'm not an everyday poster. It's not. It's just uh, there. There's just something about you know, like I said, like you know, nine times out of ten, it's just like I don't even think about it. You know, nine, it's not like I. Granted, it's something I, I could probably work on, um, but it's also like you know, like I said, I'm not I'm not somebody that. To, not to say that people who do post every day is, but I'm just not one to like really kind of like live through my phone like that. Yeah. You know, and not saying that people who do post every day do. It's just, you know, I'm a big person of like, I like to, like I said, I just like to live in the moment. You know, I never think of like, hey, like let me get a photograph of this for my Instagram. You know, like those thoughts are never my first thought. You know, it's it's always like I, you know, maybe. Someone, someone might mention to me, like, yeah, no, yeah, that's a great idea, you know, um, but, but yeah, like, TikTok is leveled the playing field in the sense of the people who don't post every day can go on and post a, a clip or a video, and the algorithm might, like, like, that, that video could blow up, and it might not be tomorrow, or it might not be the next day, but, you know, in two weeks, you might go and check your video and there might just be like 50,000 plays on it or something. You're like, well, hold up, wait a minute, you know? And because I mean, I've, I've had, what is it? I have a really close homie who hit, he got like 450,000 likes on literally just like a simple, simple mashup. Oh, wow. It was, 
you know, it, it's funny because, like, I remember him sending me the original clip. Like, he sent it to me before. It was, it was just, like, a video he recorded on his phone that he sent to me. And I was like, dude, like, that's a, that's incredible, man. And I was like, I was like, bro, I was like, like, post that on your TikTok, dude. And, like, he posted it. And I think, I think it was, like, three weeks went by. And that was when he was like, he was like, dude, he's like, I went from, like, he was like, my video's been up. He's like, I had 10,000 plays last night. And he was like, but look at it now. And it's literally, was, you know. And I'm like, bro, what? Like, you know, uh, viral? Mm. I mean, obviously, it's like, you know, I, I mean, I would consider that viral. But also, you know, not, yeah. I guess, like a top tier viral, you know, like a... <sighs> Nowadays, you, you yeah. get what I'm saying. Though, no, right? bro. I mean, I mean if still, I had even even 450,000, you know, plays on a video is like you're like, holy cow! The the amount of exposure that you just got off of like one video. Yeah, I'd pop a bottle of champagne real quick if I got 450,000 on a. 100 oh, percent, dude. Yo, 100%. To, pff, 100%. call it a day, son. Yeah, and it's surprising. I'm just to put a pin in this episode. I'm gonna be doing a studio session with my roommate right after we get off this and it's over some tracks that he it's we're we're we he had already focused on the tiktok aspect virility part about it and things that are like those songs or edits remixes you name it that you just at, at first listen you're kind of just like like well I don't know if I would really listen to this. And then you start to peel back a layer or two and you're just like, oh, no, wait, I kind of see where you're going with this. And like just for somebody that's scrolling through and that sound bite comes up and it's it's just sometimes you got to roll the dice. A hundred percent, dude. A hundred percent. That's I mean, honestly, that's that's really all this industry is, man, is, you know, you just, you know, take take it whether it be you're releasing a song, take it be way you you know you're releasing a mix, uh, you you know you're putting a post up, whatever. It's like you know it's the consistency is, is where you tend to find your success is you're right. you know if you you know you make a track, it's like okay, like you know I really like that track. I'm gonna I'm gonna one up myself on this next track, and you you know you one up yourself on the next one, and it's all ultimately like you're just you're making yourself better, just by do by by showing up and, and doing the thing, you know, just just showing up and just doing it. Yeah, I I posted my first video meme on TikTok, or just my first video meme I think ever, and I put it on my TikTok and I also put it on my Instagram, and it gained way more traction on TikTok than it did Instagram, even though I treated them both the same in like the hashtag department, and yeah. it really spoke to me. It really spoke about the relevancy of TikTok as much as I hate to admit it but TikTok started out as a music app their logo is a quarter note like yeah um and I I've just I've had to adapt and evolve like that one's got more plays than any other video on my TikTok by more than two um, and as much as I hate it, I love it. And I knew, I, I knew it. I was like, I was just like, dude, I'm going to post like something that has to do with, um, 
live music engineers from this video from this movie I was watching um, it's a random Tom Cruise movie called Risky Business out of the 80s oh my god holy cow and, um, I've seen that movie, I haven't seen that movie in ages <laughs> yeah I watched it not too long ago and I was just sort of like the fuck that's, uh, that's so funny holy cow that's, <laughs> yeah that's a, that's a I saw this one moment and I just had to rewind it and just put the cell phone camera on it and then think about a decent way to insert text over top of it. I'm just like, what should I put on top of this? Okay, and then just didn't even didn't even think too hard about it, and now that's that's sort of giving me some motivation on just to keep the consistency up and to keep the variety going you know um, memes are just one of those things that people really love to share these days and they're they're they're, they're funny they're cool uh, I'll oh, and, and, and especially that's a that's a great way to kind of like captivate someone you know is memes have come a long way <laughs> memes have come a long way and it's it's great to see like as, as i say uh, i tell my girlfriend all the time i'm like nothing is safe nothing is safe. <laughs> nothing is safe nothing is sacred like you just see the most ridiculous memes for the most ridiculous things and you know it's it's funny because you know like i was telling her i'm like you can never you never really know what a meme is. Like it's funny because when you see it, like you see it, like you know it, like you you know, like it could be like a like a popular show or something, and you you see a moment, and you're like, that's gonna be a meme. That's one hundred percent gonna be a meme. You already know it ahead of time. Yeah. And um, yeah, dude. So I'm gonna have to wrap this up now. My my next session is now in time. So, dude, I can't thank you again. This is one of the best conversations I've had to date, dude. And um, well, dude, like, thanks for stoked. having me, man. I really appreciate it. I know I didn't oh, say man. it at the beginning, but I'm like, I'm super appreciative. I'm I'm very humbled, and uh, you know, I'm very thankful and grateful for the uh, for the opportunity to get to chat with you, man. It's really awesome. Yeah, no, I'm glad that we finally got to have this bonding point, man. It's some. It can be so just when you're at a show and we're meeting each other and talking and it's so hard when all these other people are around to just really boil down and talk about some nitty gritty stuff um, 100% yeah so this is this is proving to be a really great opportunity to get to know my constituents so much better man like I can walk away from this now knowing your your actual first name and stuff like <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like that. And I, I'm Philip. You're Aaron. He's Pleiad. I'm Double Crown. This is the Pursuit of Sound with Double Crown, episode 26. 26. Let's go. <laughs> Baby's growing up. Well, I look forward to talking to you sooner than later and sharing another lineup with you sooner than later. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. <laughs> I'm about to say, I, I hope to be back down to Charleston soon. So uh, we'll, we'll hopefully see you soon, man. And likewise up to Myrtle, baby. Let's go, Brody. <laughs> hey, well, peace and blessings to you, my man. Thank you again so much. I really appreciate it. And uh, I uh, wish you well. And uh, to all the listeners out there, guys, be sure to deep dive this podcast. I was deep diving the other day. There's some really, really great, great content, great just knowledge from uh, all kinds of artists and everything. So just be sure you check out the whole series, man, because it's, it's really dope. 
That means a lot to hear. Thank you so much, dude. Straight up. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll talk soon. Have the best night. Take it easy, man. Peace. You too. Peace.